What's going on, friends? This is Ro from the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. You're tuned in to the Coruscant Radio Underground. May the Force be with you. Star Wars fans, and welcome to another episode of Coruscant Radio Underground, a podcast presented by thesciencefictionary.com. Tonight, we're missing Robbie and Daniel again, but with me tonight is Marisha. Hello. And we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the world of Star Wars this week. Other than Star Wars, what's been going on? Hmm. I've been doing lots and lots of math with my second grader. Yeah, I kind of meant more in the world of entertainment. <laughs> I can't see past second grade math right now. <laughs> um, let's see. We've had some, well, we had some interesting season finales. We finished up Into the Badlands. Interesting's a word for it. I, I mean, Into the Badlands has just been one of my absolute favorite things on TV for a while. And I really hoped that it's something that would eventually get picked up. And clearly I'm not the only one that hopes that because... Can anyone say not an ending? Yeah, no, they, they definitely didn't give us an ending on that one. It just, I, I mean, they, they made it. I, I don't know if that was just what was written before they got canceled and they just decided to go ahead with it. Mm -hmm. Or if they're still really hoping that it gets picked up or, I, I mean, it's not unreasonable that it could carry on in comic book form or it's true. in some other some other venue to continue telling the story. But I, I I love the show. It's been one of my absolute favorite TV shows maybe ever. Mm -hmm. And I, I loved the finale right up until the last five minutes. And I just, I, I don't know where they were going with it. I don't know if they were trying to make a pointed message at the end. Or if there's something more to the gun, maybe it's not just any gun that was found underneath the Meridian Chamber. I don't know, but I just finished it and just kind of went, really? That was it? Yeah. I mean, I have to say, if if they were out just to make a, a gun statement, it's pretty daggum hypocritical for one of the most violent TV shows on TV. Ever. Ever to make a pointed guns or evil statement at the end. I mean, no matter how you feel about guns per se, I mean, violence is, right. I mean, is it's, violent. It's not even a, a pro-gun or anti-gun statement here. It's that if that's where they were going, it was very hypocritical. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I loved it right up until the end where I kind of was left going, what, what did that mean? Like... I don't know where they were going, but it was still better than the Gotham finale. Yeah. Which was a complete waste of an hour of my time. <laughs> the trailer told us the whole story. It really did. The trailer told us everything that was going to happen in that hour span. I mean, down to the very last, you saw the last daggum scene of the movie in the trailer. All in the, the final, show. Well, all the final episode, we've already peaked with the episode before the finale. Right. Like, we've already hit our climax, and the the final episode only serves as an epilogue. Yeah, it really does. Like, that 
that is a story I could have done without. You know, I mean, the thing is, like, we know what happens. Right. We, did, we didn't need it. Like, we could have seen him in the suit. You know, Bruce Wayne comes back. The end. Because we know where the story goes right. once Bruce Wayne comes back to right. Gotham. It just, it was one of the worst finales to any show I've ever watched. And I mean, honestly, if the, when they decided to recast Catwoman five years later, that didn't hurt my feelings, but they should have done the same thing with Bruce Wayne because he still, they clearly did some voice altering work, but he still sounded like an 18 year old kid. And he still, and he didn't really look right in the suit, which is why we never got a straight on shot right. of him in the suit. Because it just, it was some of the worst cinematography they've ever done on that show. The last season was already a little bit lackluster compared to previous seasons. Mm -hmm. But it just, there were a lot of things wrong with that finale. Yeah. Um, it just didn't look good. The recasting, I, you know, and I, I've seen where people have claimed that the actress who played Selena Kyle wanted to move on, didn't want to do the finale. I mean, I saw her, her Twitter posts and she, you know, I don't know how she personally felt about it, but she was like, you know, I, that this is what needed to happen. And honestly, I think that it was probably a good decision to cast a different actor five years older. But if they were going to do that, they should have done the same thing for Batman. Right. Although I think she might could have pulled off five years older. That's true. Where he, I don't know that he could because he didn't just need to pull off five years older. He needed to pull off like 40 pounds heavier. Yeah. And I mean, and that's not in any way a knock against him. He's, no, it's just taking a kid mm -hmm. and then asking him to be Batman. Right. And which is why I think part of the reason they probably ended the show when they did, because I mean, you cast a 12 year old, you don't know that that 12 year old is going to you don't know if he's going to grow into right. the physical role of Batman. Right. Because you can't just put anybody in that suit. Right. I mean, and like I said, he's really, really one of the more impressive actors, you know, his age that I've seen in a super long he time. Is. He's a very talented actor. I'm, I'm a little, I'm still a little disappointed that he's not going on to play Paul Atreides, Paul Atreides in the Dune movie. Mm -hmm. um, I thought he would have been perfect for that role. I don't know, just don't know anything about the kid that got the role. He may yeah. be great. I'm hoping he's great because everybody else on that Dune cast looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, man, how, how much better could you cast Leto Atreides than a, oh, his name is gone, Poe Dameron. What's his real name? He's got a real name. His name Oscar is Isaac. Oscar Isaacs. Yes. And especially now that he's got that beard and he's, you know, like yeah. not dying his hair. So he's got a little bit of gray. I mean, man. Yeah, no, he was a great choice. There's a lot of interesting choices and there's some really, really strong actors. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to cost a fortune to make. Hopefully it's going to be good. I mean, it's never been done well. Yeah. I mean, who, who casts somebody as big as Jason Momoa is right now in what's essentially a bit role? But it's, it's one of these. It's such a... The Dune books, I mean, if you haven't read Dune, you need to go read Dune. If you're a science fiction or a fantasy fan and you haven't read it, it's really one of those that should be on your list of things to go back and read. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why it's been tried, why people keep trying to make movies for it, because the story is, is just incredible mm -hmm. and it deserves to have that big screen. Right. It deserves the same kind of treatment that Lord of the Rings got. Right. All those years ago now. Right. Which I think 
I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, I do too. I mean, they've given it the budget. They've gone and gotten the right people to make it. Mm-hmm. And he's he's cast the right people. But speaking of kids um, acting, the kid on uh, the, the, the plays five on the umbrella the umbrella academy yes. is outstanding definitely i mean i was a little floored because those other actors that he's working with i mean they're a lot older than him they are and they're and more experienced i mean they're not there's no real big names in there but they're all experienced yeah and they're their faces you've seen you know before somewhere right. or other you might not can place exactly where but he was convincing as having more life experience than them which is a little scary coming from a 15 year old honestly is how old is that is the actor 15 15, wow that that's amazing because we're gonna see him and more stuff i mean oh yeah he's gonna be yeah i think i think he's definitely gonna be a name that is gonna is, is gonna be something that we're gonna continue to hear about yeah they definitely um they clearly intended a season two when they ended that there was right. like no anything resembling tying that story up right now it, you know the show overall it was re- i liked it i enjoyed it it kind of suffered mm-hmm. from the same thing a lot of like the marvel stuff on netflix suffered from where you had what 10 episodes mm-hmm. and you probably could have condensed it to eight yeah it just there were episodes that where you hit so many points where the story dragged yeah or maybe they it's like the Marvel, like I said, the Marvel shows suffered from this too, where it just took them too long to build momentum. Uh, anyway, that, that's the longest uh, non-Star Wars intro we've ever done to this show. So at least with just the two of us. <laughs> hopefully, you're still listening. If you turned in for Star Wars, we will do Star Wars. So we had a couple of things. I think the biggest news item that dropped this week was uh, Disney dropped their movie schedule through 2027, which is insane. Well, I mean, that's about normal, but really? this, yeah, maybe not this full, but it's an unbelievable schedule. I mean, this is, this is Disney giving notice that the box office is theirs Indefinitely. for at least the next decade. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I mean, we, we've got this and we're not even talking about adding Fox owned titles. Yeah. Right. Which I think, yeah, we should start seeing that in the next year or so yeah i mean we've got it looks like we're still on a a two or three marvel film per year Mm -hmm. uh we've got there were there's a whole stack of movies in here for that just are unlabeled or untitled uh disney live action Mm -hmm. so who knows what they're doing those are the ones that concern me some really? as far as what I mean, Disney's they've done, done such a stellar job so far. Dumbo was did not receive very good reviews. Oh, the thing is, I never liked Dumbo. As and a kid. Dumbo kind of got lost in the shuffle this summer. Yeah, it did. As far as Disney live action, I mean, they can't really afford to have movies just get lost. Yeah. In, in the in the shuffle. The thing is, it got lost in their own shuffle. That's the problem. That that they lost that movie in their own marketing for Endgame. I see one. I think this West Side Story that they're going to go ahead and finish. I believe was a Fox property that they've they've moved over. So they're remaking West Side Story. They're remaking a new West Side Story. Like West Side Story two or like. No, they're doing a like a big budget. That's awesome. Like, the world needs some more big budget musicals. 
I mean, in West Side Story, it's it's a classic. Now, there is always a risk in remaking classics. I mean, what, Footloose a couple of years ago? How great was that received, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, anytime you remake something that's this well-known and this loved, you take a chance. It's like you take a chance every time you make Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Now, here's the thing about West Side Story, though. Much like Romeo and Juliet, it's... It's a story that isn't best known as a film. A lot of people have seen West Side Story on the stage somewhere or other. They've seen it on the West End. They've seen it on Broadway. They've seen it off Broadway. They've seen a high school, college. They've seen a lot of people have seen it on stage. So it may um, right. it may be less compared to the classic movie than some other remakes, if that if that makes any sense. Yeah, but I mean, you know, this is why you bring Steven Spielberg. You let, when Steven Spielberg shows up and says, I want to make West Side Story. You, you let yes, Steven, sir. <laughs> you let Steven Spielberg make West Side Story. Right. Um, and he's ca- his lead, he cast uh, Ansel Elgort from uh, Ooh. Baby Driver. Oh, I didn't realize that. So. I mean, man, Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein. That man can write... Could, I guess. That man could write lyrics like nobody else. I mean, not even Rodgers and Hammerstein just were just as brilliant as Bernstein. Um, so, yeah, I would just I just noticed that one. There's a lot of Pixar on here. This list has more Pixar than I would have no, you know, really expected. Ain't a lot of Marvel animation. Of course, the big ones, the ones that we're really looking forward to, you know, it's interesting to see that none of that... I, all these Marvel going forward, pretty much everything Marvel was listed as untitled, mm-hmm. which, you know, there's there's a list floating around out there of what phase four is. And maybe it was wrong. Like maybe. Now, I did see yesterday and I'm not sure how reputable it is, but I did see some more talk about the Eternals. That they had well, some, the Eternals, some pretty serious talks with some pretty big names for the Eternals. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Eternals is definitely in pre-production because it's it's easy to look and see. I mean, they've definitely been contacting mm-hmm. actors. Uh, they've they've got Angelina Jolie has mm-hmm. been rumored to be a potential. Yeah, and word on the street is they're looking at um, Richard Madden for Icarus from uh, Game of Thrones. Okay, um, Rob Stark. Okay. Of course, for for me. He's more um, iconic as Prince Charming in the live-action Cinderella. So, I love the live-action Cinderella. So we've got all these movies. Of course, as far as this podcast is concerned, the ones that are the big things that jump out, I, I'm gonna. the first one I'm going to name is 2020, uh, or I'm sorry, 2021, Indiana Jones 5. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and I'm mentioning that one because that's a Lucasfilm movie. Right. So that's that's not Lucasfilm sitting on their hands for the next two right. years. That's Lucasfilm doing something at least. Right. But part of the concern, because my initial concern, because we don't get this first, the next Star Wars movie is not till 2022. Which is unreal. And I still don't really totally believe it because I have a lot of trouble believing that the studio that gave us five movies in five years is now going, well, we're not going to give you another one for three, and then we're going to go to a two-year spacing. If they do that, that's fine. That's more what Lucasfilm always did in the past. We're mm-hmm. in a little more a three-year because 
it took a little longer to make the digital movies. Right, back when, in the day. You know, the original movies just took a long time to make. Right. The prequels took a long time because they were literally pioneering the digital techniques. But you don't need three years to make a movie, a anymore. movie anymore. So no. the fact that they're going to two is good. But I'm still a little unsure of the, the studio that managed to do five movies in five years is now saying, now we're going to do three movies over the next seven. I mean, it seems like they've worked really hard to build up momentum. I mean, and they jumped in with both feet on the momentum train. Maybe a little too gung-ho, it could be argued, but it seems like maybe swinging the pendulum in the opposite direction to, to ha- hold off that long. Now, it should be noted that once you get to the 2022 movies, you're probably not looking at a full slate. That's true. Um, 2022, you got a pretty full slate. You've got one, two, three Marvel films that year. Uh, looks like three, four live Disney live action films and a star ending this year with a star Wars movie. That's a pretty full slate. Uh, especially since you got two Pixar films in that as well. So that's a pretty full slate. But once you jump into 2023, they only announced two movies for 2023. So we could still be getting all sorts of things added to the schedule in these in-between years. Right. So what is the consensus of what those yet untitled Star Wars projects are? It's kind of all over the place um, as far as what people believe. There were some really unverified rumors again yesterday that the ryan johnson trilogy might have been axed there's and that came you know this came from john campia john campia he hits a lot Mm -hmm. but he swings big sometimes and misses Mm -hmm. but you know he basically had a source that called him and said the ryan johnson trilogy is done he tried to verify it with two other sources and neither of them were able to verify Mm-hmm. that that was the that was the case right now how do you feel about that i mean how does what does andrew think about no more ryan johnson star wars I, part of me is curious to see what ryan johnson was going to do with star wars but my problem was always the fact that we announced two trilogies at one time mm-hmm. seemed problematic right. because how do you how do you release those without confusing people? And because you can do standalones without confusing people or at least confusing people less. Yeah. I mean, still, it's still potentially confusing, but you, it's not like you want to necessarily, because we've talked about this at length, like alternating one first, you know, one trilogy, one year, the other trilogy, the next, your casual fans are not going to know what is going on. I mean, most of the people we know are going to know what's going on. But like, you know, my, my aunt who's was like, now I don't understand whenever they came out with that movie, especially when they cast two girls that looked favored each other so much in Rogue One and in uh, Force Awakens. It was like, well, now, wait, I don't understand what happened there at all. Right. Um, you know, that that's kind of the thing is, like, you know, one of the things that's going on with some of the casting of some of the female characters is... They all look an awful lot alike. It's like, let's break the mold a little bit. Well, it's uh, Kira uh-huh. on on um, Solo is kind of in the same 
Yep. You know. Kind of youthful, big eyes, dark hair. So mm-hmm. it's it's no secret. I make no secret about it. I have problems with The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I like the movie overall. I have a really weird relationship with that movie where every time I go watch it, like I went, I don't know what I see it like four times in the theater. Yeah. Because I would go, because I, every time I go in the theater, I would leave really, really pumped up. Mm-hmm. And about an hour later, I start going, I don't know how I feel about that. It's like a dysfunctional boyfriend. You know, you're like, oh, wow, I love him so much. And you're like, oh, I don't, I think there's a problem with this. That is just for the record, no reflection at all on my darling husband, who is wonderful and whom I love. (laughs) But that movie, some of the issues with it, there are people on both sides. And and there's really no talking about this without stepping in it. (laughs) You're going to make somebody mad. But yeah. There were clear indications in a Collider interview last month that Ron Johnson didn't really talk to J.J. when he started writing The Last Jedi before the movie released. That's horrible. And he also indicated in that interview that Ron Johnson kind of took things a little bit different direction than what he envisioned. Mm -hmm. Now, he hasn't come out and said, you know, he ruined my movie. Like Simon Pegg has. Right. But because he's a professional, he's a class act. They're both class acts, whatever anybody else has to say about him. The the bottom line is, is the movie is, if you just look at it by itself, it's a fantastic movie. Mm -hmm. It just, there are some, some loose ends it leaves in weird places where it, it's clear that it took a left turn from where the original was headed. But if he I, were to I know do there three... are people that think that it was all planned out from the beginning. And even if there was a rough outline, I think it's been made pretty clear at this point that even if there was a loose plan that Ron Johnson was given the freedom mm-hmm. to to direct the story, the direction he wanted it to go. And if right. that was the plan, that's fine. It's a little bit like playing. I saw where somebody was talking about this the other day. I don't remember which article or which site posted it, but it's like playing the game Consequences, where you give a line to a story, and then the next person in in line has mm-hmm. to continue, and it just devolves into chaos more often than not. It does, yeah. Um, like if you ever played, you know, we'll play it with Robbie on here one night. When we played that game as kids, Robbie always killed the character. <laughs> Every time. So... <laughs> Ryan Johnson is Robbie. Now we know. So, you know, and I think that the fact that he took a little bit different turn with that might in the end yield a more interesting product when it's all said and done. And there is something to be said in that life isn't, life doesn't have a beginning, a middle, and an end. You know, that's that's not, that's not, There there's no like preset, predictable course for how things are going to go. Right. Um, and even some things that I know a lot of people really had issues with, like the way he portrayed Luke Skywalker, I felt like it's like, yeah, this isn't the person we always wanted him to be, but I've seen enough of the world to realize that that's how people are. Very true. And as far as that goes, you were writing a character when you, as far as writing Luke Skywalker Mm -hmm. and really any of the original characters, but I think Luke was the big one because Luke was the core character in the original movies, and he was the core character through the, all these years, starting from when Timothy Zahn wrote the Thrawn trilogy. Right. 
moving forward, Luke was the core of everything Star Wars. I mean, he is the centerpiece for the entire story. And how do you turn that off? And so there was almost no way to write that character where you were going to make everybody happy. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I know there are people that don't understand why people were upset about the way Luke was written. Well, those people were generally not fans that were vested. Right. You know, for the last 30 years of, of books. Right. And I think that's the difference. It's the difference between fans like me who were on and off obsessive movie fans and people like you who were obsessive extended universe fans. Right. Because when you take those extended universe books, I mean, for the fans, I mean, that was Star Wars. That's what a lot of, I think a lot of fans maybe don't understand. But uh, most but, people your age seem to have a similar kind of feeling about it, especially right, people who were a lot of us people. were extended universe fans because for 16 years, right, that was Star Wars. Right. For a lot of that, we never knew we were getting anything else. For a lot of for a lot of people, we thought these books are what Star Wars is. Right. Forever. This is this, this is, is all. It. And then we want what went back and got prequels. Yep. And so still. And so even after the prequels, fans right. are as far as going forward from the originals, fans are still heavily invested, invested in. Yeah. In the books. And now I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, they should have made the and expanded the-, the expanded universe movies. movies. I, I completely agree with Disney's decision to set the expanded universe aside because some of the books were terrible. <laughs> They're great books. The Thrawn yeah. trilogies are some of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I set them on the shelf next to... The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and, and those types of books. Mm-hmm. They're some of my favorite. But you couldn't do those movies for a host of reasons. One, if you were going to do it, you had to recast everybody. Right. And we saw how great people, you know, how great that went over. How much people loved recasting their beloved original trilogy characters. Right. So you couldn't do it without recasting. And people weren't going to be happy with that as... As a, at a launch, I think mm-hmm. we might get to the point where we can recast characters. I think, I think we so. may already be getting there. I think Solo softened that. Yeah. I think Solo may have taken, I think that the the hit that Solo took at the box office mm-hmm. might have been the what was needed to ease people in to accepting new actors in these roles. Well, and a lot of people were pissed and didn't go see it in the theaters but when it rolled onto netflix they decided well i guess i'll at least watch it Mm -hmm. and it's it's a it's a really good star wars movie yeah i agree it's not without its issues but most movies have issues you know did you see on twitter like people you know what uh five movies you know would you not change one single word of and i'm like sitting there i'm going through my rolodex i was like none of them you know i i guess i'm i'm a little too critical maybe but yeah pretty much everything there's something for and for my taste at least that could just just change just a little bit <laughs> but like i said you know the expanded universe needed to be set aside we mm-hmm. needed to move forward without all that baggage yeah the baggage of because for for every good book there were honestly for every good book there were probably two or three really bad ones yeah There were books where Luke Skywalker was really more of a Superman than 
anything else than, than a human yeah. character. He he was superhuman. Yeah, and I mean to an extent, a Jedi is, mm-hmm. but not infallible and. Right. You know, and there were books where he was not written that way, but there were books where he was written as this perfect human who never did anything wrong and could literally do anything. Yeah. Where the powers just got... He was got, the, uh, the Deus Ex Machina, got, huh? Right. Where the powers got out of hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like, you know, if you were to make a Force Unleashed movie. Right. That's a... That game... I love that game. That game is a blast. Mm-hmm. But the force powers are really, really over the top. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need characters ripping star destroyers out of the sky. You know, yeah. at that point, we we've started telling a whole different kind of story. Yeah, we've got that kind of stuff with Marvel. We we don't need that right. in in Star Wars. In Star Wars, so it was good that they set all the expanded universe stuff aside. I still love a lot of those books. I still have a lot of them over here on my shelf. But we were able to pick up a point and start. With the, with the Force Awakens, we jumped mm-hmm. thirty years ahead, which you know, for age age wise, matched our original characters perfectly. Mm-hmm. The Force Awakens was a great reintroduction into yeah. the into the galaxy, especially for young fans who mm-hmm. it was their introduction. Sometimes some of the, sometimes fans get start looking at it and go, "Well, it's really really derivative of A New Hope." And there are parts of it that are, mm-hmm. but. It was meant to launch this this franchise for a whole new right group of fans, and it did that. It was made for you, but it was also made for your kids. Right. Yeah, there was enough stuff in there that was clearly meant for original fans, mm-hmm. but it also told a story that was engaging to the new fans. I mean, and that's... That's kind of a classical mythology trope. You know, you have... Right. It's I not mean, like this is... It's not like it was just a... That they stole the trope from A New Hope. The The hero's journey mm-hmm. is one of the oldest tropes. Well, you know, and that story that's told again with different characters I mean, and the, you know, where our, the heroes become the villains. And, right. But that's what all of our earliest works of fiction, particularly in, in, in Western culture, mm-hmm. all of our earliest fictions... Or the hero's journey. Right. Even if the heroes are just a group of people on their way to Canterbury, Canterbury to uh, see some bones. And I mean, even you go back farther than that. I mean, the first epic that we have is Gilgamesh. I mean, what more heroic journey mm-hmm. is there to tell than Gilgamesh? Right. All that to say, I really like The Last Jedi. But I have issues with things that were done. But I was always a little bit curious to see what Ryan would do where he was able to write a story from start to finish. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Like, even the people, except for the people who think that The Last Jedi is the end all of Star Wars movies and the best thing that has ever happened to Star Wars ever, most people are a little more on the like, I mean, it was a really great movie, not necessarily what I wanted at that moment in Star Wars, but I mean, it's a beautiful movie. It's a compelling story. Right. And I, 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 I'm with you. I was curious to see what, if he had a whole story to tell himself, what it would be. Because the thing is, if he had his own trilogy, it doesn't have to feel like Star Wars per se, right. as, as, as to what we've seen so far in Star Wars. It could be something completely different. On the other hand, I wasn't devastated whenever I heard that it probably wasn't going to be a thing. 
Like, I was well, intrigued by the idea, but what did I say whenever you said, looks like the giant Ryan Johnson trilogy is canned, and I said, good. If it really is canceled, my feelings aren't hurt over it. They're going to bring in great people. If it was canceled, it may or may not have even been a creative thing. It may have simply been it. If Lucasfilm has truly backed off and is only going to put out a movie every two years, mm-hmm. because all indications right now are that, or at least most of the indications from reputable sources are that these three movies that have been announced for 22, 24, and 26 are the Benioff and Weiss trilogy. So, okay, so here's a, I'm kind of, because I've been, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Game of Thrones the past week, and specifically a lot of people really unhappy about how some of the female characters were handled in the last episode. And kind of my just knee-jerk reaction was, why are we shocked that a movie or that a TV show who made bank for the first season on tons and tons of nudity you know maybe sometimes can treat women as a little one-dimensional but that has been an issue that I mean that's not the first time that accusation has been leveled at them that they don't do justice to some of their female characters Star Wars has been making like a really conservative effort to do justice to their female characters like so you've seen a good bit of Game of Thrones I've seen like one episode yeah. So it's hard for me to talk on. I read the first book. I mean, if we want to talk about the characters, I, I think you still, it's hard for me to talk about because I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know that the characters change. And I think they're just writing the characters that they've been dealt. I mean, they, these characters were not created by them. Now they've had to advance the story without benefit of source material from Martin, but I think they've, because I've seen just as many accusations about how one dimensional and kind of dumb they've turned Jon Snow. (laughs) I haven't seen the last season. So yeah, it just seems to me more that everybody's got gripes with this season. Okay. Maybe. And I think, but I think maybe people have different gripes. Yeah. But everybody's got gripes. Yeah. And and that may just be the fact that maybe they just haven't done the best job with writing these characters on their own. But anyway, that was just kind of a thought I was, ha- you know, kind of as I was thinking about the, some of the, the, the complaints that people have about Game of Thrones. And I just kind of wonder. Well, there has been some speculation that what may actually be happening is that maybe this trilogy is Benioff and Weiss and Ryan Johnson. Hmm working collaboratively on something i would be okay with that i would too because i i I like well i think sometimes when you when you put people together that you like that you get where they kind of temper each other yeah well because everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses it's like jack white you know from Mm -hmm. the white stripes i mean one of my favorite musicians Mm -hmm. but the best stuff in my opinion that he's ever done were with was with the raconteurs Mm -hmm. where he's with other people who kind of really kind of temper his weirdness a little bit. Yeah. And, and that is where they kind of level his creativity out a little bit. And it's, it's like, it hits that sweet spot where Mm -hmm. it's just something special. Well, and I think that that's, I think that's why collaborations, they're, they're special because you get the advantage of different people's strengths 
kind of, you know, helping to balance out other people's weaknesses and you really get, hopefully, ideally get the best of kind of both worlds there. Well, that's why I think The Mandalorian is going to be one of the best things that yes. Lucasfilm has ever done with Star Wars mm-hmm. because of the collaboration and not just with Favreau and Filoni, but with everybody else that they've brought on board mm-hmm. to to direct individual episodes. And yep. So, yeah, I'd be okay with a collaboration. It's just that I wonder if... If it's true, if this is just Benioff and Weiss, and it's going to wrap up in 2026, and then they're going to take two years, and then 2028, you'll start something new, and 2028 was the Ryan Johnson movies, nine years is an awfully long time to ask a director to sit on his hands I mean, to start making something. That's pretty much our entire marriage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, geez, can you imagine whenever our first child was born being like, all right, now, so let's decide what we're going to do, you know, nine years from now i think not right so if if lucasfilm and disney have really backed off i mean we were told they were going to slow down i still believed it would be a one a year type thing Mm -hmm. and i still i'm not totally sure that it's not i think they're going to take a little break here some people say well it was three years from the time they told us we were getting the a new movie till the time the force awakens came out well that was because they had just literally just purchased lucasfilm Right. It takes they, time. There shouldn't be a three year gap to gear up again because what have Unless you been? Kathleen doing? Kennedy's retiring. <laughs> right. But it's like if I don't buy the three year excuse as we need this time to ramp up again because you've already ramped the studio up. The studio's in full swing. Right. And unless people were just sitting on their hands not doing their job, then something should have been ready to go. As soon as they were done making Force Away, I mean, uh, Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. Here's the thing. In, in my mind, I mean, like, wait, wait three years for another Star Wars movie. You know, I mean, that's not the end of the world. What? It's been 20 years since the prequels started coming out. You know, it's been, what, 16, 15, 16 years since uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. So... It's, it's, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, why you got to be so whiny? You know, you can wait longer than that for Star Wars. We, you know, back when I walked uphill both ways to school in the snow <laughs> and the sleet and, you know, the tornado. Well, I mean, I'm day. assuming you, you did read the where I kind of got knocked on, on Twitter for complaining about, yeah. a, about a gap. But the thing is, the, the, the people that were pointing that out to me, they don't know me and I don't know them. And that's, right. that's fine. I didn't take it personally. Personally. But what they don't understand is, yeah, I was alive to wait through all those other dead periods. Right. And I don't think we necessarily have to have that anymore. And I think that, to me, waiting three years indicates some sort of problem at Lucasfilm. And that's exactly what I was was kind of building to. And it's either a problem with leadership or it's just that they, honest to God, have no idea what to do next. And, and that's pretty much exactly what kind of my thought has been, is that it's not a problem to wait three years for a Star Wars movie. I'm just concerned about what that that kind of gap indicates right. Why? at this juncture. Now, Why? Now, I think that part of the reason it's a three-year gap is because Lucasfilm will be working on that on that indie film. But, yeah, but, but you were still doing, you were doing one a movie, one movie a year. And there was really only one hiccup in there. And that hiccup was because of in-house stuff at Disney. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can point fingers and say, well, you had a group of fans who boycotted it. Yeah, you did. Solo, you're talking about Solo? Right. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you had fans that boycotted Solo. I don't think enough to have put the dent in it that it experienced. Whenever they fired their directors two-thirds of the way through filming? Right. Well, no, I mean, the the, the hiccups with... Uh, well, you, you had... You had directors fired. Anytime you have like all kinds of issues like that on a movie set, mm-hmm. the public starts going, man, they they lose confidence yeah. in the film. And they started off because they started off with this new actor playing a favorite character. Right. And so that already put doubt in people's minds. Right. And then you start hearing all this stuff and then you fire directors. Right. And... Then you go bring in somebody big like Ron Howard to try to save it. Right. Because, I mean, whenever you bring Ron Howard in at the 11th hour, you're desperate. Yeah. I mean, I think he did a great job, but still. So, I think the movie's great. But I think that all of the issues, I don't think the issues were just that, oh, fans were boycotting or fans weren't willing to accept a new actor i think a lot of it was because of the production issues and there had been some drama there were a lot of rumblings about drama uh in rogue one too even though they were a lot less they weren't nearly as loud yeah. there were a lot of rumblings about rogue one and then solo happened and so people were just and then a last jedi right. happened right so both of our standalone movies have had production issues yeah uh, i mean a lot of Rogue One was changed. You know, I, I don't know what all went on, but I don't I don't think Solo's failure it still made money. Yeah. It was only much. a failure, considered a failure, because it's a Star Wars movie. It's it's a Star Wars failure. It's not a movie failure. Right. And and because they spent so much, they went so over budget in production right. that they didn't make as much. Had they not gone over budget, it would have made it would have made good money. Yeah. So there's been all this talk that the reason that Disney is slowing down is because of Solo. Well, hmm. I think Solo was an internal failure. Yeah. I, I don't think that it, you know, I don't think it's fair to call it a box office failure. I don't know. It just. And I also don't buy the, oh, it was too soon. Maybe for some fans, but you can't tell me that Star Wars fans coming off of, you know, one movie six months later couldn't be ready for another one. There just seemed to be a whole lot of things that went on there yeah. that that caused the problem. And I mean and there there have been there's been a lot of talk and, and it may it may just stem from people who were just never happy with the direction that Lucasfilm has taken since the Disney acquisition just don't like Kathleen Kennedy. But I mean there's been a lot of talk about com- about her having conflict with people. You know, it just you don't you don't hear talk about the kind of conflict at Marvel, for example, that had that kind of narrative has kind of plagued Lucasfilm ever since they've been acquired by Disney. Well, you don't as as overall, but I mean, you know, if you remember on Ant Man, Ant Man, that's true. Ant Man was a fiasco. I mean, they fired a director well into filming. Mm -hmm. Um, I still kind of want to know what Edgar Wright's Ant Man would have looked like. Mm Um, I think they got the right person to come in and do it. Oh, yeah, it was great. But clearly, Edgar Wright wasn't willing to play ball by by Marvel's rules on something. Are we shocked? Well, no. <laughs> and he probably would have made a great movie. Yeah. And I feel like, honestly, I feel like that's kind of where 
maybe where they kind of were with some of their other directors in in Marvel. It was like I, it probably wouldn't. It, it was a great movie, but just not the one maybe that fit. I don't know. Like I said, that's that's the thing that worries me about a three year gap. It, it isn't that we're going to have to wait three years for a Star Wars movie. And in spite of the fact that my kids are going to complain profusely. Right. Well, that that's the thing. For Like, I've waited through these long droughts of no Star Wars movies. But looking at it and going, man, by the time the last movie comes out, my 10-year-old is going to be getting ready to graduate from high school. No, she's not. <laughs> Stop. So, Don't say things like that about my baby. So that, you know, but I mean... For perspective, that that's a long gap to turn out three movies. It is, and I, and I'm not saying because some people are like, well, what do you want them to follow the Marvel model? No, I don't need I don't need three or four Star Wars movies a year. I don't. No, I just need them to find a rhythm that works. Yeah, Marvel's found their own rhythm that works, and it, it, they don't need the same rhythm, but they got it. They got to figure. They got to figure it out. And I think that's kind of what they're doing right now. I think they're trying. I think they're trying to to find their their pace and right. well and part of it's going to be apparently going to be finding a if they're going to seriously if they're going to stick with this to your gap they're sharing they're sharing space with avatar avatar i mean come i know a lot of people really loved avatar the thing is you're not going to find go look you won't find care less. there are you won't find hardcore avatar avatar fans, fans. they don't exist the movie was was interesting super it, cool well it and kicked pretty. off the 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 current or really i think the 3d the big 3d craze is kind of coming to an end again thank goodness i i i don't know if i've ever said this on the show i hate 3d movies they're interesting every once in a while and i think avatar was a 3d movie right and it was a 3d spectacle yeah i don't think that they're going to recreate that success yeah. I don't With the so. four planned sequels. I guess we'll see. I think they'll make money. I mean, they did, Disney just did spend a substantial amount of money on a Pandora park. So yeah. it makes, now I'm with, like, we're having this conversation with my sister at our Star Wars party the other day. I didn't think that Disney actually owned Avatar. Um, I'm confused. I'm not sure what the relationship between. Okay. Uh, James Cameron's Avatar movies and Disney is. I'm not. I'm not a James Cameron fan at all. Um, mostly because James Cameron continues to bash things like superhero films. Yeah. Um, he's he looks down his no, his nose at other filmmakers when literally it's been years since he made a worthwhile film. But the costumes in Titanic were so pretty. <laughs> and you know what? I really <laughs> despise that movie. When I saw it in the theaters, I was okay with it. But every time I've tried to rewatch it, I've made it like halfway in and just gone, I can't handle this. That movie is so boring and long. So <laughs> anyway, we've got a three-year wait after The Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. until the next Star Wars movie. Don't know what they are. Don't know if they might end up inserting some other movies in there somewhere. But My Obi-Wan if, you know, if you're listening, if you have any thoughts on what those three movies may be, let us know in the comments. So let's move in. We've got a, I spent a few minutes here. We're kind of running short on time, but I had a couple of other little things here. Uh, we got the entire lineup for the journey to the rise of Skywalker, all our books that are coming out. Yep. 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 Um, there's, there's some interesting looking ones. Um, obviously the two big novels are resistance reborn, mm-hmm. which is going to fill 
some of what goes on in the gap between eight and nine. Which I'm I'm honestly a little surprised that they're dropping that. I'm not. It's stuff that kind of stuff they've always done. I mean, they did this kind of stuff with the prequels. They did this kind of stuff. And see, I guess I wasn't reading Star Wars books when the prequels came out. I mean, they're not going to give anything away big, but theoretically, we're going to show up in nine and have a somewhat rebuilt resistance. And this is just going to kind of tell us how we got there. Yeah. That's not going to necessarily go into the main character's story so much as yeah, it's the state of the resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm interested in that one, but the one I'm most interested in is this Force Collector book. Mm, yeah, it's pretty pretty intriguing. Um, I think a lot mo- most people I've seen are a lot more excited about Resistance Reborn. I, I think this Force Collector book is interesting for, for a number of reasons. I think we're going to get an unknown character. I know some people think that this is going to be Kylo Ren, and I don't think so at all. You want to give us a quick summary of what it is for anyone who isn't familiar with the- Yes, uh, the description of this book reads, In this journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, young adult novel set just before The Force Awakens, a restless teenager sets out to discover... What connection his mysterious force powers have to the fabled Jedi and what the force has in store for him. Now, I don't know where they're going with this character. I don't think it's, I don't think anything about it matches up to this being Kylo Ren. But I, I have seen people that are insistent that this is Kylo Ren. I Jason Sandula, we'll we could go Jason Sandula. That seems like a little more likely of a. That would be really interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be down for that. But. I don't think that's what it's going to be, but I mean, I'd be okay with it was. Yeah. Well, we've got this light, you know, we, we've got a cover image with, you know, a lot of interesting stuff and we've got a holocron, a lightsaber, um, Gavi sticks. It's not Kanan's lightsaber, is it? I don't think so. It honestly, it almost looked like a temple guard saber to me. I want a temple guard Um, saber. I don't think it is. I I don't, but it's kind of got some similarities to a temple guard saber. Hmm. Part of me wonders is this isn't going to be a little bit about how Maz ended up with Luke's lightsaber or Anakin's lightsaber. I mean, that's a story we need. Um, Well, I mean, we know we've had these items that have reemerged. Vader's mask. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is where some of these items came from. Yeah. If he's um, collecting, I mean, Force Collector indicates that he's collecting he's col- relics. Right. He's collecting relics that are tied to the Force. Um, I, you know, we got a gaffy stick. I can only assume that that's from Sand People killed by Anakin. I mean, he got a Stormtrooper helmet. So I don't know. Because why not? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's interesting. I, I think as far as I've got some idea of how the Resistance Reborn is going to go. Right. You know, but this this book could really open some doors to to some much bigger things going on. Well, and that's what you're always you personally are always looking for, like bigger Star Wars stories. You know, more than just the necessarily just the narrative. You like the kind of outlying characters and, and yeah. all that. Um, so beyond that, we've got a new comic book series called Star Wars Allegiance, which is going to basically be Leia reaching out to. The Mon Calamari in trying to rebuild mm. the resistance. Because, man, we haven't seen. We actually went to Mon Cala um, in Clone Wars. Right. But that's been a long time ago. Right. I mean, geez, that's been. So, I mean, we really, like, we don't have any indication that the Mon Cala were any part of the resistance other than Akbar and whoever may have right. been along with him. 
Mm-hmm. But you know, we're not we haven't seen a lot of Mon Calamari battle cruisers or anything like that. And no. the Mon Cal shipyards were the driving force behind the Rebel Alliance. Don't know there. We got some uh, other stuff. They they've got a, a little golden book, Star Wars book coming out. The pictures are pretty. I like um, pretty pictures. I'm not necessarily looking to read the little golden book to get any deep Star Wars lore, but well, it's know. there. We, we've got a number of, we got some kids reading books. Got a lot of kids books coming out, which is great. Yeah, because um, I have kids who are learning how to read. And how do you bribe them? If you learn to read these words, you can have a new Star Wars book. Not that I would ever bribe my children to do their schoolwork or anything, because <laughs> that would be terrible. And, you know, but hey, if it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looks like IDW is going to do another comic book series. IDW is? That's the, they did. Um, oh, oh, okay. Like a publisher. They're a comic book a publishing publisher. House. Okay. They do, um, oh, they did the, like the, the kind of the scary Vader's Castle okay, the, com- the droid, comic books yeah. back around Halloween last year. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what those were called, but the same, same. Tales group. from Vader's Castle, right? Yes, that's it. Um, we've also got a new Ultimate Star Wars encyclopedia, basically. Visual guide? Well, it's a, uh, it's a reference book. Okay. So we'll get the, the fully updated version of that. And then there's just a bunch of other little things, mostly kid things, sticker books and little audio books and... All the things that will turn up in our kids' Christmas stockings, courtesy of all the grandparents. This was the other big one, was because these books are always beautiful. They're always very uh-huh. well put together as the mm-hmm. art of mm-hmm. Star Wars yes. books. Um, we got this cover. The cover is, is really interesting. A lot of people are trying to read a lot into mm-hmm. that image as to where the Rise of Skywalker is going. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that I'm getting that vibe, but it's a really cool image. So basically the image is almost like a mirror, um, a mirror image of Kylo and Ray and their lightsaber sort of intersecting. And you've got, he's, he's at the bottom. Okay. He's at the, yeah, she's, she's standing at the bottom. He's at the top. Um, you should get online. I have no idea. I, I, it's a cool image. I'm not necessarily reading anything into it. I, I wouldn't. I think it's just supposed... Maybe it is. Maybe it's there back in that pit and there. I don't know. But I think it's just cool looking. Oh, it's a very Ooh, cool image. We could go places, though. This is the new visual dictionary, which, of course, is uh, Pablo Hidalgo is doing the new visual dictionary. Right, always. And it, uh, you know, not much to say about it. I'll definitely be looking for it. So, I mean, that's pretty much what's what's coming. I mean, there's a few other little things, but... I think the two big ones, the two things that are most likely to be the meaty new information, new information are going to be those two novels. Yeah. And uh, so we'll see. I'm excited about those and definitely have to get them when they come out. Get them and read them even better. That's the fun thing about being a grown up. You ever being a teenager and having all the time you wanted to just read all the things. Hmm. Yeah. It's, I never find time to read anymore. But I do. I need to start reading. I'm I'm still behind on my books. I keep borrowing audiobooks from my brother-in-law. That works pretty well for me. Andrew yeah. doesn't like audiobooks, but I do. And so, as a consequence, who's read more Star Wars books in the past year? What? Did you say me? The, I've still read more of the new canon. In you. the past year. In the past year, you. But you haven't read any of them. I have consumed more <laughs> Star Wars fiction material. All right. So... That pretty much covers what I had. 
Did you have anything else? I don't think so. I think I pretty much said all the things I had to say. Okay. Well, uh, don't forget if you want to, we've got, we've got some pretty cool shirt designs on our T public page that are currently 35% off. Um, you can find us at tpublic.com slash user slash the science fictionary. If you ever want to get on and see what Andrew does when he's supposed to be doing appraisals, he's creating t-shirts. Maybe. <laughs> but they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot of these shirts get made when I should be doing actual work, but we do have shirts because of it. <laughs> so check them out and uh, let us know what you think about the shirts. And Marisha, what have you got that you'd like to share? Or what have you got coming up as far as... Cons and costuming. Well, I am remaking a black invasion dress because my kids won't quit growing and Iana has completely and totally outgrown her glorious black dress and it seemed unfair. So I'm like literally cutting, you know, like sewing lace on the bottom, trying to make it long enough to actually fit her. And okay, so I have like this harebrained idea that all three of the girls need Queen Amidala dresses for the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace. Of course, I should have come up with this idea like six months ago. Are you planning to do this for Dragon Con? No, I was, I was going to do it for, you know, like a week and a half from now whenever <laughs> there's a new Star Wars movie coming out. I've been, you haven't noticed me hoarding like... A week like, and a half when there's a new Star Wars I movie mean, coming out? when it's the 20th anniversary of... We've been recording this podcast <laughs> a lot longer than I realized. The the 20th anniversary of The Phantom Menace. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you're not getting that costume done by the 20th anniversary. I know how long it takes to make He one has of no things. confidence in my ability. No, he just really doesn't want me to do no eating, no sleeping, no cooking, no anything for the next 10 days. He would rather actually have a life than a really cool looking red invasion dress. We'll see. <laughs> Either way, the kids will have cute costumes and there will be pictures on the internet. On Instagram, you can find me at princesses underscore and padawans. Nope, sorry princesses underscore and underscore padawans on instagram and also princesses and padawans.com where you know every once in a while i post things all right and my name is andrew gore and you can find me running the twitter account for this podcast and for the science fictionary.com at sci underscore fictionary you can find me at the science fictionary.com and until next week may the force be with you 